Hey, uh, just a quick note before we jump into today's show, um, really cool opportunity. I've mentioned on the show a few times before, uh, admission, the um, education community from Common Thread Collective around media buying and really just all things e-commerce strategy. Well, um, starting today, I think this goes out on uh, September 9th, um, starting today, they're actually opening up admission for two weeks for free. No credit card required. Um, just fully open to you to go participate, check out, get a bunch of amazing content um, around uh, training and community and help around um, all things e-commerce, but with a particular focus around holiday. So holidays coming up very soon. Um, I'm going to be talking about that soon. Um, but it's it's this is a really awesome opportunity. Like I said, you get two weeks in admission for free, and so. Um, and, and there's, again, no, no commitment, no anything, not even a credit card, whatever. You just get to go in there, and what you will get is um, real-time Slack support from expert media buyers. You get um, group coaching from webinars where, that are interactive, on-demand training. There's a massive backlog, huge library and tools. But actually, even better than um, all of that, you're going to get uh, a five-part live training series that will break down the exact holiday shopping season game plan that CTC as an agency is using with all of their clients. So this is information that is going out to clients paying a lot of money for um, the you know really, really high quality support uh, around e-commerce, media buying and holiday and all of the rest. So um, like I said, it is their exact strategy they're deploying to their clients and you can get it for totally free. So go check that out. I wanted to just get that out of the way at the top of the show. Um, and, uh, and you can go do that by going to youradmission.co, youradmission.co. You get there for free. Um, and, and that's, that's what you should go do right now. Turns off, pause it, do it at the same time. Go to youradmission.co, get free access to amazing training. All right, let's, let's jump in in a second. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and this is attempt number four recording the intro. It's the worst part of the show for me to record. So I'm going to try and get into this quickly. What are we? We are a show where I chronicle what it is like to be in the daily life of 4x400, an e-commerce holding company that acquires, operates, and grows e-commerce businesses. Okay, check. Got that part of the intro done. Next part of the intro. What are we going to talk about on this show? What we're going to talk about is product development. I'm betting in some ways a lot of the future of 4x400 on our ability to um, develop awesome products for our customers. I'm going to tell you about why and how we're thinking about that, what we're doing right now. We are about to launch a bunch of new stuff. I am fully planning on it going great, hoping it's going to go great. I'm going to tell you how I'm thinking about that in our business right now. All right, I'm going to start by telling you on this episode why I mean, I've barely if ever talked about product development before on this show to my knowledge. And I'm gonna, and and that's because uh, it's not been a point of emphasis for me and my leadership at 4400 and for our team in a lot of ways. And there's a reason for that, and it's that none of us. Well, that's not true. Those of us who are on specifically the 4x400 side mostly did not come from product product development as a background. We are we are a lot of the people driving the growth here are a bunch of marketers, not creators in the same way. Now. Uh, now, at our company, we have the founders involved. We have the founders involved in uh, in each of their brands in a real way. Um, and that's actually part of how I got to this conclusion, which I'll talk about more in a second. But uh, 
But that's not the core of who we have been and who um, is driving our team in a lot of ways um, in, the, in the core leadership. It's just, it just hasn't been who our growth people have been, et cetera. So as we think about pushing our brands forward, we haven't mostly been thinking about it from the perspective of being founders and product people. What happens is founders come to us and we say, we know how to take your current brand and products and grow it. And then we seek to do that. And so it's a very strategic, tactical kind of lead um, uh, set of first steps. And, and that's kind of the system that we've built. Well, uh, in the last bunch of months, uh, a few things have happened that have made me realize that that's a mistake, that we, we need to be good at and focusing on product development as a key part of what we do. The first thing that kind of clued me into this was our struggles with FC Goods. Um, you, you heard me say, if you listen to those episodes about our um, sale of FC Goods, um, you probably heard me say at the time that part of the problem there was that we really struggled to develop products. Uh, we just didn't, we just, we tried a few different things, but we just, we couldn't quite um, do it in a way that really ever generated serious response. And I, I remember when we released our toiletry bag, I really thought that would be a big hit. And I was so disappointed as the, as the sales like trickled in, relatively speaking. And we did that with belts and, and so on. And I don't know, that's kind of a hard product development uh, nut to crack because the wallet is so perfect for for an old baseball glove, it's a leather good. Like it just, it just made so much sense. So, um, so sort of beyond that, layering other products was going to be tough. But also, it was going to be tough for me because I'm not a product development guy, and I'm not really a creative in the first place. Uh, so, thinking in those terms, like I'm just not the kind of person who wants to go sit in a room and make cool stuff. I'm not, and um, and so it just was hard for me as the person tasked with with leading growth for that brand um, to really think about that. So that occurred to me at the time. And as I've reflected on FC Goods, um, what, what I also realized was that FC Goods was never, ever, ever, ever going to be able to have real LTV apart from product development as the strategy. We were not going to retain customers. Once you bought one wallet, you didn't need another. So unless you were buying multiple ones because it was a gift for somebody else or you were one of the few customers who was buying other ones of our products, which were good products, um, it just, it, you just weren't going to, you just weren't going to be re-upping with us. So we lived on customer acquisition and that was the challenge. Well, uh, so, so take that compared to, and this is the next step for us probably, um, to modern fuel. For modern fuel, we have the exact opposite situation in some ways. Instead of moving forward in that brand with no product person, when we brought Modern Fuel on board, we brought Andy Sanderson on board. And in a lot of ways, we kind of compare FC Goods and Modern Fuel um, because they're high price point items. There's an enthusiast element to it. It's probably pretty seasonal. There's a big Father's Day moment, potentially. Uh, it has turned out that Modern Fuel is less like FC Goods than we expected in terms of some of the customer behaviors and, and some of the analogies there. But we've sort of comped it to that in our minds in a bunch of different ways. And, um, and in the midst of that, what we've realized is Modern fuel must develop new products. Now, the beauty is Andy Sanderson, the founder of Modern Fuel, is a product designer. That is what he is, uh, an engineer, really. And so he, he is the one who is creating really, really cool stuff. So we have realized very quickly that we can only get so far in our customer acquisition with a click pen and a mechanical pencil as basically the core offerings that we have. And, and uh, you know, we ran our Kickstarter for a bolt action pen, 
and and that went very very well for us um and so because of that we thought okay look here's a real opportunity to gain more value um, it, just as you would expect, that, that Kickstarter was a combination of new customers who were interested in, in that particular product for our brand. Maybe there's some people who had heard about us but didn't like the click pen or the mechanical pencil, and so but they were excited about Modern Fuel, and so when they saw a bolt-action pen, they came in the door, you know, so sort of like somebody who was a little bit warm to us, not a totally cold prospect. And then there were plenty of people in that Kickstarter uh, who purchased a bolt-action pen after having bought other ones of our products. There's a real mix. So you saw kind of different buckets, totally new products uh, or totally new customers, like cold, cold, uh, first time customers, warm, warm lead, first time customers, and then, um, and then repeat customers. And, and it, you know, occurred to me very clearly like, oh, this new product is going to make a big difference for this brand. Now, some of you are listening to this. I have this experience so often when I record this podcast, especially because I record it alone in a room. I don't get feedback. You know, if I'm recording with Taylor, I get some immediate feedback, but or with Dave or whatever. But um, but you know, when I'm doing these solo episodes like this, like I know there's people screaming like you idiot, of course. But again, just remember that's what my background is. Like it's just not what I've been thinking about. Um, and so as much as I try to solicit other team members' insights and inputs, um, you know, we don't. We just haven't thought that way um, all the time. Now, in the midst of that, uh, so with Modern Fuel, we saw this clearly. And what we landed on was Modern Fuel uh, needs to develop real process here around product development. So I'm going to tell you more about that in a second. Same time, another thing's happening. Um, Bamboo Earth. Uh, Amber, who is the founder of Bamboo Earth, but also the formulator of the products, she came and said, we really actually, I have had this idea for a product for a while. I need to release a new product. I would like to go formulate this. It's going to be, and I'm, I'm going to, uh, let's see, by the time this comes out, I think we will have told people, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are releasing an under eye cream. In fact, two uh, products, um, an, an eye duo, all, all built around sort of under eye um, skincare. And, and that, I think, is going to be a big deal for us. I've seen other skincare brands where the under eye product is the number one product uh, that they sell. So, And we don't have one right now. We have products that work for that, but not specific targeted things. So um, so Amber said, hey, this is going to be huge. Let me go develop this. And it occurred to me, the moment she said that, I thought, oh my goodness, how have we not even considered for this brand that product development would be part of it? Now, part of it is that Amber actually is kind of a minimalist about this and is trying to create products that are multi-use. But the reality is that some customers just are going to want specific products no matter how much you tell them, you know, the cactus concentrate works for under your eyes. They just are going to want, they just prefer in other ways. And that's fine. So, um, so that happened now. And then we started trying to project around that. We started thinking about this product in relation and, and our eyes got pretty big. We thought, whoa, we actually, we think this is going to be a really big moment for Bamboo Earth. We think people are going to love this product. In fact, it's probably the product people will love most of any product we could develop, potentially. So, um, and then, of course, that makes you think down the road of all kinds of other stuff. And so, so that's all kind of the background to all of this. We started just realizing, man, if we're going to have a brand, and, and this is important to realize, like, this, the deal here is the number one People talk all about brand messaging and brand aesthetics and all these things that build your brand, but uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this is true. I, I think the number one way to build your brand is to put products in people's hands. That as people experience your products and as you create 
things in the world that provide value to customers. That is the thing that's going to reinforce your brand the most deeply. And so part of the thing here is how do we make sure that we are creating really cool stuff that our customers love? That's why they're coming to us. They're coming to us to buy products. And so if we can create products that solve their problems or that bring them joy in some kind of way, or that just, uh, you know, provide pleasure in the world that whatever, then, um, then you, then that is going to have a massive impact on our business with our customer. And put in more quantitative terms, it's going to generate dollars for us, right? It's going to generate value and revenue because customers will hand over their money gladly in exchange for a product that, that is good. Now, uh, so we've been thinking about that. And let me just give you the big picture here because this is going to be a lot of what I'm going to be talking about in the next few months. Um, for we're focusing especially for product development on modern fuel and bamboo earth right now. We had actually considered some stuff around genuine canine that I still think might've worked, but it just got a little bit too far down the road for us to do it. Um, but for, for fuel and for, uh, for bamboo earth, uh, here's what's coming next for bamboo earth. We have basically three products coming down the pipeline. We're going to start doing pre-release pre-sales, um, uh, pre-sales on the iDuo Actually, probably that will have happened by the time this podcast is released later this week. So that's how, that's rolling out right now. Within a couple of weeks, we'll have it live. People are shooting uh, video and photo of the new product right now. It's past the formulation stage. It's good to go. Like production is happening. It's it's happening, and that's very very soon. Okay. Um, then we've got a couple other products lined up behind that uh, uh, in the pipeline. I don't believe either of those will be quite as big as this one, but I do think that they will help. Um, so there's three products coming basically down the pipeline for Bamboo Earth. For modern, and then beyond that, we'll see kind of how we approach this. I have a million other Bamboo Earth product ideas that I would like to pursue, but I got to work those through with people who know something uh, more deeply about the actual product space itself. So, um, so there's that. Modern fuel. Now for Bamboo Earth, uh, let me say this about Bamboo Earth first. That I think will be helpful to us in a much, in a potentially very evergreen kind of way that adding these products will go sort of ongoing as people come back for the second and fifth and eighth and 10th and 20th time to buy products from us. They will buy them because they love their skincare routine and these will become staple parts of it. So um, the LTV play there in part is getting the new product into people's hands who have bought your other products, but also it's that if they like the new product, they'll buy the new product over and over. For Modern Fuel, that's less the case. For Modern Fuel, we live in a different world where we're not trying to become their staple go-to under eye cream. What we're trying to do is say, here is a really cool pen that you will buy once probably. Um, and unless, again, unless you buy it as a gift or if you really want multiple of them, it becomes your go-to for everything. If you, you know, if you're, if you're pretty wealthy and you really like, this is the place to spend your money, then, then there you go. Instead, we're thinking much more almost like an apparel company where there's drops happening of new cool stuff for you to check out. Um, over time. So for Modern Fuel, the goal is that we have at least one product release every month in 2022. That's the goal. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that we have something that Andy, like we can't, like it's going to be too difficult at, for a team our size to release truly, fully, totally newly engineered products every month. So um, over the next couple months, we, uh, we have our bolt action mechanical pen or our bolt action pen rolling out, which was a product that we already kickstarted, uh, crowdfunded a couple months ago that is now in production all that. And we'll get added to our site, added to our digital advertising, all those things. That's all going to happen in the next uh, couple weeks here, right? 
So that sort of is in some ways a new product. We'll be added to our site, ready for purchase. We'll be fulfilling Kickstarter orders all over the next couple of weeks. Then, but that, you know, but a bolt action pen, the way that modern fuel pens are made is a ton of work. I mean, it requires, it's, it is an adjustable bolt action pen. It's, I think the first ever of those. It's like, I mean, there's all kinds of things that make it unique at an engineering level. Um, we will then be releasing at some point here by the end of the year, hopefully, a bolt action mechanical pencil. Uh, now, that's a, a whole engineering project as well. Andy just showed us. Um, he just showed us a, a 3D printed, uh, you know, sample, basically mock-up of it just to kind of check his work and see, okay, does it work the way that we want it to? And so, um, so that, again, requires a whole way of thinking about how the bolt relates to the knock on the pencil and, uh, you know, relates to the tip and blah, blah, blah. So that's a bunch of engineering problems to solve. But in the midst of that, there are also accessories and secondary products and limited edition products that we can be working on. So for example, we are working on a limited edition Cerakote coated pen series that has a design on them on the outside that actually came from our graphic designer. And as that rolls out, uh, that, that, what, that, t- that rolls out on the back of, once we figured out, once we figure out the first one of these, the Cerakote coating and, and some of that, it rolls out really on the back of a bunch of engineering that's already been done. It's much more of a sort of limited edition run type thing where you're taking a product that already exists, creating a really cool design element to it, telling a story around it, releasing that, and maybe even doing small batch runs of those uh, pens, okay? So um, so in that case, it's not a whole new set of engineering for Andy. He's going to make sure the Cerakote works basically, and then go from there, approve the design, go from there. So that, you know, we've got some ideas for how to create sort of a series of here's four pens that are really more about aesthetic design than about like actual sort of like functional product design, right? But that can fit in part of our monthly product release uh, schedule in time, okay? Or what about accessories? We have a stand coming out and a sleeve that we're working on for pens and we're trying to make them really cool and part of the Modern Fuel brand and part of the look, but, but they're not... Um, they're, they're, they're not current products. Uh, they're really more kind of upsells and different elements like that, but they're still really worth sending an email about. Hey, check this out. This stand is a solid block of titanium, like really cool, uh, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So if you then imagine this over the course of a year, what it looks like is maybe every two to three months, you're releasing truly new full designs, big product releases, the kind of things you might crowdfund and really try to build up a whole bunch of energy around versus um, intermittent other stuff that's more like really cool taking these products that we think are awesome and finding sort of new ways to tell story around them, to bring life to them, to get enthusiast customers really excited about them. um, And and to sort of add to the total thing we're doing for, again, sort of just for the pure pleasure of creating something cool. And, uh, and those go back and forth. And the hope over time, of course, is that customers are really invested and interested in both. They come to Modern Fuels, a brand that's making all kinds of cool stuff all the time. And they want to see it. You want to follow on social and see what new thing they're coming out with. You want to um, be on the email list and make sure and to, to find out about anything that's happening that's new. So that's the logic. Now, and that second one is much more like what FC Goods kind of could have been, theoretically. Now, there are all kinds of challenges with this. On the supply chain side, there is sourcing and sampling and, you know, finding new manufacturers and manufacturing processes and 
uh, assembly. I mean, there's a million elements to make all of this stuff happen. So we're not there yet, and we'll see how quickly we can get to an actual monthly cadence with the current team we have. Um, thankfully, they're smart and motivated and excited. But um, th- there's a reason that I lay all of this out, because at the end of the day, the whole reason to do all of this is partly to create really cool stuff, add value to people. But of course, it's also to grow the company and create uh, profit and value for us. So I'm going to tell you how I imagine this working, okay? Um, there are sort of three ways in which I believe this will create value for us. Um, and I'm going to give you this sort of KPI or the metric that will, uh, and KPI is the wrong word, but the sort of outcome that will happen if this works. The first is uh, LTV, retention. And this is the really obvious one. Bamboo Earth. I believe when we launch our iDuo, a huge portion of our past customers are going to come to us and say, yes, I use Bamboo Earth for all of my stuff. I love their products. I've been wanting an eye cream from them for forever. Finally, they have one and they will come and buy. So people who have bought other products from us, love those products, come and buy. Modern Fuel, same kind of thing. Customers who go, I love my mechanical pencil. I didn't care about the click pen or even I love my click pen. Um... And I, and I love bolt-action pens. I've been hoping Modern Fuel would release their own bolt-action pen or bolt-action pencil. I'm totally going to try theirs. Because in both of those cases, what you are um, stepping into is an existing category. There are a bunch of bolt-action pens that are already out there. There are people who like bolt-action pens. So if you can sell your version of a really cool bolt-action pen and show why it's cool and unique and different, then people will now come and say, like, sort of Modern Fuel stepping into a category that exists with their own unique offering that's really cool. This is what we had considered genuine canine, actually, was harnesses. We'd, you know, harness a whole category of sort of dog restraint that we, uh, or dog control or whatever, that we uh, were not in. We just didn't have harnesses. And maybe somebody looked at genuine canine um, and, uh, and, and, you know, was already a genuine canine customer, loved the collar, but just wished that we sold a harness. And that's, that's what I'm saying here, is that customer number one, knows our products, loves the brand, believes in the quality of it. And so when we offer a product in a category that we weren't currently in, they go and buy that and then there's retention on that. Okay, so that helps uh, with retention overall. Okay, so that's the really obvious one. It's a way to re-engage past customers. Now that's crucial because at some point, as everybody knows, your customer acquisition is going to tap out and it's going to get hard. So if you can't make your customers worth more money to you, it's, it's going to be sort of, you're going to be capped on your ability to actually grow the brand. But if, if you can get into a rhythm where product development becomes a huge part of what you're doing, then you've got new stuff to put in front of your customers all the time, new designs, new whatever. And then, of course, those customers become worth more and more to you over time. And it's a great symbiotic relationship. You're providing tons of value to them. They're providing tons of value to you, your brand they love, etc. Um, so that's crucial. That's a crucial part of our retention strategy. And I believe it's a big part of how you can actually uh, how brands will move the needle on uh, on retaining more customers over time so they're not just stuck with their old retention rate. Uh, I've thought for a long time that slick struggles with retention might actually in part be struggles around product development. So, uh, I mean, what could we add to that list? That's a whole other discussion. Um, okay, so second, I hinted at it a second ago. There are probably customers in uh, these categories who would like to try our brand uh, but uh, this would be like the warm lead type person who would like to try our brand, but we don't have the product in the category they want. So again, there are probably customers for whom the only the only uh, uh, product 
Oh, uh, sorry. Um, the, the way I'm going to measure the value of that first one is simply LTV, like I said. So we'll check how much returning customer revenue we get from our new customers. So step one, LTV, returning customer revenue is going to be the measure of that. Do we get a bunch of customers who had bought before to come back and buy again? Okay. So with, with those two product rollouts, everything from Modern Fuel that we do really, and as well as this just a couple, sub, couple, uh, couple new products from, from Bamboo Earth. Excuse me. Okay. Category number two. The warm lead where we don't have uh, the product in their category. So um, so this would be, again, customers who know about our brand, like our brand, but we don't have a product in, in the category that they want to buy. Um, for Bamboo Earth, again, for Bamboo Earth, this might be somebody for whom uh, it's it's an eye cream where that's the only skincare product they use is under eye cream. I, I don't know. And we don't have it. And they've wanted to try us because they, they're attracted to our brand and to our ingredient integrity and those kinds of things. But they just we just don't have that product. So they're just not going to buy it, right? Um, Modern Fuel, it's even more obvious. There are, like, we know, we know there are a lot of people who love bolt-action pens. So us offering a bolt-action pen onto the market means people who are going like, I don't care about a click pen. I don't care about a mechanical pencil. I'm not an architect, whatever. I'm not an illustrator. I don't care about a pencil at all but I really want to try this really cool brand with this really cool engineering. I'm not paying 200 bucks for a product I don't need. Uh, so, so then they're going to, uh, that person maybe would come in uh, and, and buy a product, buy one of our new products in one of these new categories. Um, and so that would be the way you would do that, especially for Modern Fuel with like the truly new stuff, like a bolt action mechanical pencil or a bolt action pen. Uh, you know, the Cerakote coated limited edition type deal I'm not so sure that that's going to attract the new customer in quite the same way. Maybe, maybe as a design uh, aesthetic preference where that person goes, finally, this is the pen that I want to buy from this brand. I didn't like the simplicity of the design before. This new, really cool design is the thing I want to buy. But that's not the main thing I'm thinking about for those. I'm thinking here for like truly new products that open up a new category. So those customers, I believe the way that we'll be able to measure if we are reaching them would be basically new customer revenue from owned channels. What I mean is, how much new customer value comes in on these products from SMS and email and social, especially those three categories, those three um, channels. If customers are coming from those channels um, in, and they are, and it is new customer revenue from them while on release, that will probably tell us that we have now offered something new that, that attracts that kind of warm lead category. Uh, so because, right, of course, that, that means that somebody has been paying attention to what you're doing, but they haven't bought. Uh, I don't think this will be the biggest revenue impact that we have, but I think it will matter. Lastly, uh, and this is another crucial thing, and I think this is, can be missed a little bit. Um, take that same idea a third step, uh, what I would call like, you know, cold prospects, okay? Um, if you think about so much of what we do at 4 400 what many of you are doing who are listening to this show, you are, um, you are, uh, it, it, you know, category two that I just laid out, the warm lead, is sort of a demand capture category. It's saying there's some demand there. You've already got access to it. You just have to capture that demand with this new product now. Um, now, what I think, um, what I think you can, or category three is really sort of a combo of demand capture, but also demand generation. Uh, if you think about what we're doing, we're trying to acquire new customers online. There's probably a limit of customers who, for whom. There's some kind of cap on the total number of customers uh, for whom a mechanical pencil from Modern Fuel will ever make sense. And let's say, uh, the, the quantifiable way to think about this is, let's say we can spend $1,500 a day on Facebook advertising mechanical pencils. 
uh, from Modern Fuel online at a profit and acquiring customers at a profit. What I believe a new product is likely to be able to help us do is open up what sometimes the Common Thread uh, Collective team, Taylor Holiday, others will call, and, and we've come to call a new pipe. Um, essentially, additional potential customer, uh, additional potential total addressable market, additional revenue that we can then go and generate demand, or even in some cases capture demand, uh, like on somewhere like search or whatever, um, in this kind of category. So, um, so, so to take my example earlier, if I'm spending $1,500 a day on mechanical pencils, and that's close to right right now, um, it's possible that a bolt action pen is worth another, an additional, um, an incremental $1,500 a day as well. So now the total value that I can create off of my ad spend goes from $1,500 to $3,000. And I don't know, I mean, what we know from some friends of ours who are in the pen space is that the, the bolt action pen is the most popular product that they run ads around. Um, that, they, that they can acquire a lot of customers around that product because the category is really popular. So then, if that's true, part of the way that this will create value for us is by being a customer acquisition magnet uh, additional. And that's what we're going to watch to measure this. Are we able to spend more efficient and or more dollars acquiring customers in the top of our funnel? Can we acquire more customers with these products? And that's a big, that's a big part of what we're looking at here, right? So with each of these new products that come in, we'll be running ads to try to figure out, is this a way to acquire customers? And actually the same thing is true as part of why I'm optimistic right now about where we're headed. The same thing is true with, um, uh, of what I said about bolt action pens. The same thing is true with uh, eye creams and, and uh, under eye products. I know for a fact that lots, that it's, there are skincare brands out there who their number one source of customer acquisition is, uh, is, th- is via that product, is via an under eye uh, cream. It becomes the, the overwhelming way that, uh, that they acquire customers. And so if I can add dollars to my spend, it will then juice my customer acquisition around a new product category and increase the total uh, potential value I can create uh, on my demand generation outbound advertising. So those are the three categories. I hope that makes sense. Um, pure retention, uh, sort of warm lead uh, value capture, and then uh, true customer acquisition as well. Um, what that all should amount two is an increased revenue per click, really, at least in the short term. You should see the value of every customer come up because now there's customers who can who do that. And, and here's the sort of unheralded or the underappreciated thing as well. Theoretically, one thing that will happen is that, and, and not theoretically, I mean, this will happen. I know this happens all the time. Con- customers are constantly clicking on an ad for one of your products and then buying a different one, right? So uh, again, to go back to Modern Fuel, they're clicking on a mechanical pencil ad and they're going and buying a click pen. It's not the main thing they're doing, but some subset of customers are doing that. Uh, for Bamboo Earth, they're, they're clicking on an ad about cactus concentrate and they're going and taking the skin quiz and buying a full kit, okay? Whether the concentrate's in it or not. We know that's happening. So another element of this is that in that third category, you're able to, uh, a customer will come in through one product that they're interested in and then they will go and buy another one. And the way you could model out that value happening would be that essentially that click would be lost if you didn't have that product, even though they're interested in your brand. Um, and so you should have an increase again in sort of like um, customer acquisition revenue per click from in a pure sense. So um, so that should help as well. So across the board, what we'd want to see is revenue per click goes up as more returning customers and more new customers 
uh, come back. And that happens via those few different categories. We will see. Those are the theories right now. We are really building uh, a lot internally right now to try to make this happen on the marketing side, trying to operationalize and create process around this as much as possible, which Dave and uh, Robbie Aronson, our creative director, are helping to lead. Um, you've, you've met Dave on previous shows, I hope. If you, if you don't know who Dave is, go back and listen to anything with Dave Recook on it. And then um, on the supply chain side of the business and fulfillment side of the business, uh, Rob Clemens, our VP of supply chain, is, is doing the same thing. He's going and trying to make sure we have real process around sourcing and manufacturing and testing and sampling and all that stuff. Um, so uh, that way, in time, I'm not expecting this to happen overnight. These are complex processes. In time, we're able to get into a rhythm of constantly releasing new products and therefore creating more value for our customers and therefore creating more value for our brands. So I really don't know if that was any help to you at all. I mean, maybe it's really obvious. Um, maybe somebody from a pure product or, or other sort of e-com entrepreneurial background knows that stuff really sort of inside and out in a way that's really obvious. Um, it's it's uh, For us, it's the solidification of a bunch of thinking over time uh, and coming from a different background. I think it's going to be really crucial for us to move forward though. And I think it'll work. I'm really confident. I'm really excited about the future for Work 100 because of a lot of the stuff that's rolling out really this month and going forward from there. So... Uh, that is that. I would love any feedback you have from this episode. If you're a product person and you really know what you're talking about here, man, please email me and tell me where I'm being stupid. That would be so helpful to me. Um, you can email, you can do that at podcast at 4x400.com. You can reach out to me. Do it publicly on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. Just, you know, at me and just say, this episode of the show indicates that Andrew J. Ferris is an idiot. And, uh, and here's why. <laughs> That would be great. If it's true, I do not mind being publicly called out for it because this will go out there and there's a discussion around it and other people can benefit from me being dumb. Um, or if you think it was helpful and smart, I'd be glad to know that too. I'm always happy for encouragement also. So uh, either of those channels work great for that. We'd love a rating and review. We'd love if you'd share this with somebody. That if there's somebody out there who you think this would be, who needs to hear about product development, tell them about it. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening as always.